welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Was not good, but I'm going to unpack a few things because we are in a war, whether you realise it or not. Uh, you might not have a, a a gun necessarily on you, but you do have weapons. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. And we're going to talk about that. The reason I want to talk about that is because God told me to, firstly, but also because it's, uh, it coincides with what Chelsea mentioned, Remembrance Day, Anzac Day, uh, this Wednesday. So, Pop, I'm going to ask you to stand, if you can, because we just want to thank you and, uh, for serving, and we remember. Anyone else that served as well, we thank you. Awesome. Yeah, it was interesting times, no doubt, when you come out and when you come back home from the war, there were probably mixed emotions about whether we should have been there, shouldn't have been there, and protests and all crazy stuff. And then I know Pop, uh, some of you may have heard his testimony, he was a full-blown alcoholic as a result of just the trauma and the extreme stuff that he went through for a number of years. But Jesus got him, Jesus saved him, and now he's still a soldier. But now he's a soldier under the chief commander, Jesus Christ. And he doesn't have to worry about uh, trauma anymore because he's got a peace and a freedom that uh, only Jesus can give. Amen? So praise God for that. But Anzac Day is a national day of remembrance in Australia and New Zealand that broadly commemorates all Australians and New Zealanders who served and died in all wars, conflicts, and peacekeeping operations and the contribution and suffering of all those who have served. So um, I want to make a note of that this morning. And I want to flow from there into the title, and that is Good Soldier. Okay, the title of this morning's teaching is Good Soldier. I want to ask you to uh, make some notes. Uh, I'm going to give you five points about what it is to be a good soldier. In this house, you'll hear us talking a lot about family and community intimacy with God, all of those things are very, very important. But if you don't understand the aspect of war and the fact that you are called to be a soldier, when you got born again, God has actually uh, called you to join His army. And I know, I, I know some, uh, I've, I've spoken with various soldiers and people that have served in the military, and one of the kind of in-jokes that they have about the army reserves uh, is that they call them the weekend warriors, because they just kind of rock up on the weekend, and it's more of a side thing that they do. Or what was the other one you said, Pop? The cut lunch cowboys. You know, their mum cuts their lunch for them, and they go and do a little bit of training on the side. Um, but, and, and sometimes in Christianity, we have cut lunch cowboys and weekend warriors. How many people agree with that? And now, I believe that God wants to stir you up with such a passion and a zeal fill you with his love, which is the greatest weapon of all, that you'll come out of that place of just kind of having Christianity as just another patch on your shirt. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm also a part of the scouts group or I follow the football and Christianity is there, but it's not your whole life. But you know, the real definition of Christianity is giving your whole life to him, to serving Jesus, the chief commander. And, uh, and we do have a fight. It's a good fight. Weapon is love. Our weapons are not carnal, they're mighty, 
but we do have a fight. I want to read you something William Booth said. He got a hold of this revelation, uh, and he was driven with compassion, driven uh, with, with love to do what he did. If you don't know already, William Booth is the founder, him and his wife uh, Catherine were the founders of the Salvation Army. And they were radical, cutting edge in their day. Still doing an amazing job all over the globe. But when they pioneered it, man, it was radical. It was wild. But he got a revelation of the army aspect of Christianity. And I think it's important that we have a balance. We're not just an army, but we certainly are an army, if that makes sense. And it's important that we teach on this and that people understand it. This is what William Booth said. While women weep, as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry, as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. While, the, while there is drunkards left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, he dealt with drunkards and prostitution, drugs weren't so much back then, but now we have even greater problems, right? While there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight, I'll fight to the very end. He would raise up people, get people in off the streets. Some of his greatest ministers in his ministry were ex-prostitutes, ex-drunkards. He was actually forced to start the Salvation Army because the church at the time he was too radical for them. He was a part of the Church of England. And uh, there was another church group. I can't remember the, the denomination. But he would literally take people in off the streets, just like we do, bring them in. And the minister would talk to him and say, listen, if you're going to bring those types of people in, terrible way of thinking. What do you mean those types of people? If you're going to bring those types of people in, bring them through the back door because, you know, they smell a little bit and, uh, and maybe they're, they're still drunk. Uh, who knows? But bring them in the back door and kind of have them down the back. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we've heard this type of attitude even today. We know a minister that once told us before we were uh, leaders, we, we brought someone to their church, I won't say names, and they said, look, that caliber of person belongs to this particular church down the road. We don't deal with that. And uh, now I understand we have different churches, we're a body, we have different strengths. So I, I understand it to a degree, but we should never, ever turn anyone away for any reason. Amen? And while there are broken people, we need to fight. Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous or those that think they got it all together. I came for the lost, I came for the broken. Amen? And so William Booth actually called his church, as a result of him kind of being forced to have to start this church, the Salvation Army. Because he understands that we're not just a family, but we're an army. Amen? All right. So we're going to get into, I'm going to give you five things about what it is to be a good soldier. Number one, a good soldier knows the battle. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. A good soldier knows the battle. And it reads like this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. A good soldier understands who they're fighting against. Here we see in the army of God, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. What does that mean? 
We're not fighting each other. We're not fighting our spouse. Although we had an argument this week, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. We're not fighting our children, our work colleagues. And as you know, we're not even fighting those that persecute us, those that disagree with us, even those that spitefully use us, even those that with a knowing heart and attitude come against us. We're not even fighting against them. In fact, Jesus said, love them. If you want to fight them, love them. It's the greatest weapon. Amen? And if you'll have that understanding, a good soldier is able to forgive quickly. Why? Because they know their battle. They know that they're not fighting against flesh and blood. So when someone comes against them, they're not quick to harbor a grudge. Because they realize that the person that's coming against them is affected by something that we can't see. They're affected by the fallen world. And a lot of the time they're affected by what the Bible describes as principalities and powers and wickedness in the heavenly realms. I think there's a Metallica song called Master of Puppets or it could be a an album, is that right? And I think of that, and I think of the enemy, and he is a master of puppets. Like Kim Jong-un. Is that how you pronounce it? Evil man, but he's a, he's a victim of the master. The Bible says the God of this world, little g, not big g, little g, the God of this world blindfolds the eyes of the unbeliever. Deceives, blindfolds. He's the father of lies. Hitler, wicked, evil person. But the person behind it is really the wicked one. He's just the puppet in this wicked world. The, the enemy knows that his time is short. We're going to see different people rise up, wars, rumors of wars. And so in the same way, we also have people around us in our everyday life whether they realize it or not, that are influenced by this fallen world. The enemy comes with fiery darts to get people thinking contrary to truth, to get us stirred up in our emotions, in our soul, to begin to harbor grudges, to tempt us to gossip, to want to push someone else down so that we can come up. The tall poppy syndrome that for some reason this country seems to struggle with. It's all part of the master of puppets. It's all part of this fallen world, the unseen world. So we need to understand that. We need to help people and we need to not get entangled with that. A good soldier doesn't get entangled with the affairs of this life. Amen? So we're going to get into that. We're going to unpack it a little more. So a good soldier understands their battle. That's how we remain in love. That's how we remain Christ-like because we know who our fight is against and it's not people. We love people. We even love our enemies. Number two, a good soldier knows the correct uniform. Pop, no doubt if you had to put on the Vietnam uniform, 
you might have been in a little bit of trouble from your own people, right? A good soldier knows the kingdom uniform. What is the kingdom uniform? Let's have a look down at the next verse, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Everyone say, the armor of God. God. That's our uniform. We've got to take up the armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. A good soldier never takes a backward step, I don't believe. And if you did, that's okay. Just move forward again. I believe that a good soldier is always moving forward. The best form of defense is attack. In fact, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We're not on the back foot all worried about what the devil's going to do. You know the best way to resist the devil, the enemy, the real enemy? Submit to God. If you're always just worried about resisting the devil, you're never going to have any time to submit to the one who loves you. And when you're in a place of adoration and worship, that's the best weapon. That's the best way to resist the devil. In fact, if you get your eyes off him and get your eyes on the one who is all-powerful, then, uh, you know, honestly, the enemy's not going to be able to touch you. Amen? So we wear the correct uniform. It's the armor of God. And uh, it says, stand therefore. So that, that, if you're under attack, we just hold our ground. We don't go backwards. We don't look left and right. We don't turn back. We forget the former things. We press towards the mark. Amen. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. We live a lifestyle of truth. Amen. When you, when you lie, even white lies, when you don't live truth, when you don't live who you say you are, What you're doing is you're unbuckling the belt that is supposed to be there to protect you from the enemy. The arrows that fly by day. Potentially sickness, disease, other types of things. If you undo that belt and you're living this double life and you're lying, the enemy is like, this is awesome. This Christian doesn't know who he is. Bam. That's why when Jesus healed people, he said, sin no more lest a worse thing comes upon you. God's not just some dude that is in heaven just wanting to put all these rules in place to stop you from having fun. Truth is something so powerful. If you don't live a life of truth, then it's going to destroy you. Jesus wants you to live a life of truth so that you don't get destroyed, so that you prosper so that you flourish, so that the destiny in your life is fulfilled. Amen? I just thought I'd highlight that. There are many things to do with with the armor of God. So truth is our armor. Amen? Truth is our uniform. That's how you know if someone's a part of the army of God. What uniform do you have? What do you wear when you're around people, when they see you, are you part of the army of God or part of the army of the enemy? And we know by the way we live, that's our, that's our uniform. That's why Jesus said you're known by their fruit, another way to say it. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, here's the good news, you have righteousness. You've been given it. And holiness, so so it is a part of who you are. 
You'll be tempted not to live that out. You'll be tempted to take it off. But don't fall to temptation. His grace empowers you to live it out and to keep it on. Amen? Righteousness is our protection. Verse 15, And having shod the feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith. Interesting, above all, the fight of faith. Faith is the most important thing because if you don't believe it, then you're not going to see it. This is a faith thing. Putting on armor, what do you mean? Putting on, put on the armor of God, that's a faith thing. Knowing that you're protected spiritually is a faith thing. Amen? It's, it's a part of the unseen. So above all, that's why it says the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, all of the enemy's plans and schemes against you. That's why we can boldly declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper because we have faith, we have the shield of faith, we have the truth and we extinguish every plan of the enemy because we're good soldiers. Amen? Helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Number three, a good soldier is brave and courageous. Joshua 1.9 is a great example of that. I'm going to give you lots of scriptures we always do in church. We love the Bible. Amen. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When you say to the person next to you, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The chief commander is not sitting back on the throne and making you do all the work. The chief commander is with you always, even until the end. Amen? And by the way, I might just, some of you guys might already know this, but I feel like just declaring this into the atmosphere. The devil's even outnumbered just in the angelic realm alone. He has no power. He cannot win. Even without the almighty, omniscient God, all-knowing, all-powerful, even without that factor, one-third of the angels were cast out are demonic spirits that oppose us. There's a lot. One-third, two-thirds are God's. Just in the angelic battle alone, the enemy has no power. We're the winners. Let me say to the person next to you, we're on the winning team. And we have God and we have the Holy Spirit that's with us. And He's in us. Now the sad part is that at the moment there's way too many people that are not saved that are going to hell. That's why we're still fighting. While we're on this earth, we have a fight. And it's not necessarily for us. We're saved. It's for those that aren't. That's the fight. Amen? Like what William Booth said, as long as there's women that are still crying, as long as there's still so much domestic abuse and drug abuse and all this crazy stuff that goes on around the world, there's still a fight. Amen? It's so cool to think like that because you get a great perspective. You get your eyes off your own issues and realize, hang on a minute, I'm born again, man. I'm born again. There's so many people out there that don't even know Jesus, that don't have salvation it's a great way to view things number four endure hardness now this next scripture i'm going to give you is where the the title of the message was inspired by or even formed and it's 2 timothy chapter 2 verse 3 endure hardness man 
I'm so glad that I had this revelation as a new Christian because I've seen people that don't understand the, the military factor of Christianity. They just think that they come into this nice thing where there's music and lights and, and they don't realize that they're actually, they were, they were already in the battle, but they were victims. But now they're stepping into the army of God and we have a fight. And the Bible is really clear about it. Here it is. It says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're a family and we're an army. Kyle wrote a song about that. I might get him at the end to sing that over us. We're a family and we're an army. We need the dynamic of both. We need the full revelation of both. It's not either, either, but both and more, way more than even just this. But this is certainly important. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure is very important. Chelsea and I have had this saying. I don't know where it began, but we often remind each other because we go through difficult times. I mean, Chelsea's stepping into the senior leadership of this house. I'm stepping into something totally new that like, I feel like I'm punching. Uh, what's that saying? Punching above my weight. Like way, it's definitely a God thing because I can't do it. But it's, there's pressure that we've never experienced before and often we'll go through things or something will happen or something will pop here and often it happens on, on multiple occasions at the same time, simultaneous and stuff that we've never faced, feelings we've never faced before. And there is that temptation to say, man, I don't even know if I want to do this. I feel like giving up. And that's when we need to kick in and say, you know what, it will pass. I'm, I'm going to stand. And when I've done all to stand, I'm going to stand. I'm going to endure. And then I'm reminded of what Paul said to Timothy, endure hardness like a good soldier. Man, we're going to have lots of rest in heaven. It's all good. Let's fight now while we can. While there's still people hurting, let's fight. Amen. And number five, this is really important. 2 Timothy 2.4, so you can just read down the next verse. The point is based on this scripture. Don't get entangled with the things of the world, the affairs of this life. Now that can be blatant sin. Don't get entangled with that. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you can just, on an ongoing habitual basis, continue in pornography, continue in alcohol abuse, continue in uh, lying and deception, whatever it be. Don't fool yourself. Don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that you can still be a Christian in the army of God and live like that. A good soldier does not get entangled with the things of this life. That also is relevant to us not laying our whole life down. Like I said before, the cut lunch cowboys, the weekend warriors, that can be a deception too. Jesus said, he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. Christianity, the definition of it, I mean, you can, you can define it if you want in your own way, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. What you're doing, whether you realize it or not, is forming a God to suit your lifestyle and calling him Jesus. That's a bad deception. That's a bad place to be. We've got to follow the Jesus of the Bible. He's the chief commander. Amen. And for him, it's all in. But he says, if you'll live like that, if you'll choose to make me Lord of your life, then you'll really, truly find life in him. He's so beautiful. He's wonderful. He's not only the chief commander, he's our father who loves us so much. 
so grateful to Jesus, man. So beautiful. So, number one, a good soldier knows the battle. Number two, where's the correct uniform? Who do you look like when, when it's not Sunday? What are you wearing when it's not Sunday? There was a time when Peter, around Jesus, he's like, oh no, I won't deny you. And then when the pressure came, when he got around certain people that didn't like Jesus, all of a sudden he's saying, he even began to swear and use different language that he wouldn't normally use around different folk. Because he's so worried about what they think. The fear of man's a trap, man. It's a snare. I'm hitting something here. What do you look like around certain circles of people? Do they, what, do they see the uniform of the kingdom of God? Do they see you as a soldier? Or are you a weekend warrior that takes a uniform off and puts something else on around someone else? This is not meant to be condemning. This is supposed to be the truth that sets you free. Here's the good news. If you are in that category, don't worry. Peter was too. And guess what? Peter repented of that. And he ended up being one of the most powerful apostles used in the New Testament. Because he said yes to the truth. He realized, Jesus, why am I thinking like that? Why am I living like that? I'm sorry. And he lined up again and said, I'm coming back. I'm living my life under the chief commander. I'm not going to be double-minded and unstable in all my ways. I'm all in. He's so worth it. He's the best. Amen. Not only for his sake, but also for the broken people, man. You can't, you can't operate the way you're supposed to. You can't have the effect on this life. You can't leave the legacy that God wants you to leave if you're a weekend warrior or a cut lunch cowboy. Come on, Jesus. Glory to God. Number three, brave and courageous. Number four, endures hardness, endurance. We keep going. If we don't quit, we win. That was the saying I was going to say before. If we don't quit, we win. Even in our marriage, there's been times that it's been so extreme, some of the stuff that we've gone through over the last 10 years. And we've learned if we don't quit, we win. We've realized we don't fight each other. We're fighting stuff in the, in the air, in the, in the atmosphere, in the heavenly realms. Now we pray for one another. We love one another when the tension's on. Because we know the battle and it's not against each other. Amen? And number five, don't get entangled with the things of the world. I want to ask you all to stand to your feet. I really hope that this cuts through because we need to cut through, man. Like, you know, we have a lot of fun and, but at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to speak truth. Jesus had to do it. It wasn't always popular, but he did it because he loved people and he cared. Amen. And the Bible says that the word of God is, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts through all the garbage and through to the core of who we are because truth sets us free. It's seasoned with grace, with love, not with condemnation to say, hey, you're always going to be like this. It's truth to reveal something. 
It's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart so that we can see healing and transformation in that area. That's why He brings truth. Not to cut you and cut you and cut you and put you down. It's to cut you, yes. But like an operation to cut the cancer out, man. To to cut the, the stuff that shouldn't be there out. Amen. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or other resources and information, you can check out our website at firechurch.com.au. Right.